1: It's a busy week for the region as we shine the spotlight of them from the live televised debate between Malaysia's opposition leader Anwar Ibrahim and former Prime Minister Najib Razak, to Indonesian President Joko Widodo's approval rating hitting a six-year low and a quick wrap-up on the special summit between the US and ASEAN. To give us an analysis of those headlines, we have on the line Leslie Lopez, regional correspondent with The Straits Times. Good morning. Good morning, David. So, Leslie, let's get straight into it. Malaysia's opposition leader Anwar Ibrahim and former Prime Minister Najib Razak, they squared off in a live TV debate last week. Now, what was the agenda for this debate? Why now? I mean, Why did Najib take on this debate after avoiding many, let's say, in the last few years? Well, the
0: debate was over basically public statements both politicians have made. And it's rounded about problems facing and oil and gas company called Safpura Energy. Uh, there was much hype to this in social media in days leading to the debate. But the real event itself was let letdown, actually, with politicians playing it safe, particularly Anwar, who did not go for the juggler against Najib. It really depends actually on how, who you speak to on this matter. I know our supporters believe that he did well, and by keeping the tone of the debate on an even note, he was trying to show himself as not someone who harbored serious venom against Najib to the likes of other politicians, such as former Premier Doctor uh, Dr. Mahadeh, who's been really vicious, actually, in his attacks. And for Najib's supporters, you know, they, they think it was a victory, gave him a political stage despite being convicted. And he goes to fight his final appeal in August, actually, in the federal court, the apex court in Malaysia for the corruption charges that he's been convicted for. So I think there was a lot of hype, big, but it really didn't go to the, the real essence of the problem, which is really, you know, how these companies that receive preferential treatment from the government state agencies and how why they failed. So, nothing into the substance of the issues. This was, at the end, another, you know, good window dressing political event.
1: (laughs) Certainly seems that way. Let's also uh, turn our attention to um, Singapore's Foreign Minister, Vivian Balakrishnan. He's in Malaysia on a three-day working trip this week. So, what has been covered at the meeting so far, and what else needs to be covered urgently during his visit? Well, it's
0: more of a visit, I think, as with both countries... Working very hard towards opening up their borders, it was uh, renewing and strengthening bilateral ties. Foreign Minister Vivian met with a number of people, very uh, mixed group. He met with the Chief Minister from Trunganu, Samsuri Mokhtar, met with new opposition leader Anthony Lo- Lawmakers from the Pakatan Kadilan, including opposition leaders Anwar Ibrahim's daughter, and also met with corporate leaders. You know, among them include Mozani Mahadi, the son of. Uh, Mohamed, who is the chairman of mobile's mobile services company maxis so really a meeting strengthening bilateral ties and you know renewing these contacts that more leaders have among the political landscape and also people in the corporate sector so this just shows how important this relationship is and how both countries are working to just strengthen them this podcast is available on our audio app That's A-W-E-D-I-O.
1: Like us and rate us. And now, back to our podcast episode. Uh, Turning our attention to Indonesia now, President Joko Widodo's approval rating has hit a six-year low. This according to a new poll released by Indicator Politik Indonesia. Now, you know, here's the question that I have for you. Would you consider this just a minor setback in his time in office? And will it actually affect his future?
0: Well, you know, the thing is that it is a setback. I think largely because of the impact the oil ban has had on food prices in Indonesia is not producing the desired results. And this is a problem. You know, like we've mentioned in previous programs, this was always sensitive in Indonesia when it comes to price increases, inflation and those kinds of stuff. And it's no different here. You know? And it is a major problem. But for Jacobi, whose second term expires in 2024, this, I think, is a temporary setback. I'm sure this will pass, but the government really needs to get its act together in dealing with this food crisis.
1: Yeah, certainly does. Uh, Something else that certainly made the headlines uh, last week was US President Joe Biden. He said that the US ASEAN summit uh, concluded over the weekend marks the launch of a new era in the relationship between the US and the 10 nation bloc. Can you give us a quick wrap up of the summit and what was discussed? Whether there were any groundbreaking moments?
0: Well, you know, the the summit clearly was positive, widely seen as a good indicator that U.S. is refocusing its attention on ASEAN and also you know, using ASEAN as that central pivot you know, to become a major pillar of U.S. policy towards ASEAN and the whole Indo-Pacific. I think the question here is, you know, with ASEAN taking this lead and the U.S. recognizing it as that central pillar, the issue is, will ASEAN be able to set the agenda for regional cooperation and how it will be able to influence U.S. in a way that how the U.S. looks at this region, particularly with the rise of China. So I think this is going to be the challenge for ASEAN and how it's able to influence the U.S. on how it looks at this this particular region.
1: Yeah, and the APEC trade minister meeting is also slated to happen this weekend with Thailand hosting the meeting. What can we expect from this event?
0: Well, I think greater cooperation, a lot of issues on trade, it is going to happen. And especially now with, you know, the global slowdown, I think countries be looking at how they can basically deal with these challenges and see whether they can come together with, you know, responses. You know, that will be high on the agenda.
1: Yeah, and sticking with Thailand... You know, in the capital, Bangkok, they'll soon head to the polls this weekend to pick their own governor for the first time since 2013. I remember when I was there um, a few weeks ago, there were all these posters plastered, uh, you know, across the city. What is the significance of this long-awaited election? Will the outcome, you know, of this weekend's election offer clues as to how the Thais might vote in the next national polls?
0: Well, exactly. And this is what I think really is the case. No, we've got record number thirty one candidates. But you know, it will boil down to a few number of them only. And those who are aligned to the current government and the current prime minister, and also those who are aligned to the rest. I think this is going to be a huge indicator on how Thais vote in the coming national elections. And so that is why there's a lot of interest for this. Everyone's testing the waters so you have record number of candidates. So it is going to be closely watched and it's going to be hard for looking forward to the outcome because it will help people kind of, you know, read the tea and see what's in store for Thailand, you know.
1: Yeah, certainly looking forward to the results of that election. We've been in conversation with Leslie Lopez, regional correspondent with The Straits Times. Thank you so much for your time and have a great day.
0: Thank you.